Welcome to the Bob Siegel Show podcast on the Cross Global Media Radio Network. Visit cgmradio.com slash bob to subscribe on your favorite podcasting platform. Welcome to the Bob Siegel Show, our theme, Christianity and its relationship to politics and pop culture. Now, my friends, I want to be fair to President Biden. True, I don't like him. I've made no secret of this. I have often and openly called him the worst president we ever had, and for very good reasons, he is. The man is a pathological liar. The man has no moral compass. He lets others pull his strings. And with all due sympathy to the mental illness he is apparently suffering, he was never the sharpest tool in the shed even before his mind started to fail from dementia or whatever it is he's struggling with. His administration, for all their tough talk against Hamas and all their sympathetic words to Israel, are in fact culpable in the bloodbath of October 7th. Because Hamas could not have carried this out apart from Iran. And Iran could not have given them the green light without first being emboldened by the billions upon billions of dollars paid to them under Joe's watch and the previous Obama administration, which also involved Joe as vice president. He warns Iran and other countries that there will be consequences if they get involved in this war, but they are already involved in this war, and American soldiers are already being shot at. But right from the onset, Biden had some tough words for those who might get involved, or rather, one tough word, don't. He said it again and again. I have just one word for you if you're thinking of getting involved. Don't. Yeah, one word like a one-word song by the composer of the TV series theme song, Batman. Don't. What he failed to add was don't or else the following will happen. Still, as I said... I want to be fair. Biden's very first speech right in the aftermath of all this did strongly call out the evil of Hamas, call it evil, and he was showing a lot of support for Israel. He was, so I will acknowledge that. And for these reasons, I was guardedly optimistic when he offered his next speech, his 15-minute Oval Office address that we heard last week. Well, in this address, he also talked again about the need to help Israel. But right along with that, he talked about the need to send further aid to Ukraine. In fact, he talked every bit as much about Ukraine. I understand. Before the Hamas attack, Biden had already planned a speech about Ukraine. Couldn't he have still separated the speeches for two different occasions instead of putting the Israel speech on top of the Ukraine speech like Windows was once put over DOS? And I'll tell you what else isn't being separated. His bill going before Congress asking financial aid for both countries. So now anyone who has questions about our involvement with Ukraine is held over a barrel if they want to help Israel. But he wasn't just placing the country of Ukraine next to the country of Israel. He also presented anti-Semitism growing all over the world and especially here in the United States. He presented anti-Semitism as but one of several problems. In the same breath where he spoke against anti-Semitism in our country, he spoke about the rampant Islamophobia. 
in our country. He even gave an example. He illustrated by sharing a true story. A six-year-old Palestinian-American boy stabbed 26 times by his landlord. The police, based on several interviews, came to the conclusion that this was tied to the Israel-Hamas conflict in the Middle East. Here were Biden's words in the Oval Office. Jill and I were shocked and sickened to learn of the brutal murder of a six-year-old child and the attempted murder of the child's mother in their home yesterday in Illinois. The child's Palestinian Muslim family came to America seeking what we all seek, a refuge to live, learn, and pray in peace. Okay, let me respond to this. First of all, despite the vile things said about the Jews from many Palestinians and many Muslims, and despite how that makes me feel as a Jew, I am not going to do as the enemies of my people do. I am not going to resort to justifications for things unwarranted. Not every Palestinian hates Jews. I would never make that assumption. Not every Muslim hates Jews. Not every Muslim believes in jihad. And even if this family did, you don't kill innocent children. That's a statement so obvious, I feel stupid even making it. Nobody should even need to say that, but we live in times when such denunciation is not always offered, so I'll offer it. This was horrific. This was bloodthirsty. This was evil. This needs to be condemned, and I do condemn it without even the slightest reservation, okay? But having done so, I do want to point out that while Biden in his Oval Office speech condemned attacks on Israel in general, he did not share any anecdotal examples as he did with this Palestinian boy. God knows there were chilling, blood-crawling examples to choose from, such as babies being beheaded, Jewish women raped and filmed on their own iPhones to be streamed on Facebook. As for Islamophobia in general in our country, yes, there's some, but nothing that's even and then the same stratosphere is the rise of anti-Semitism. Are you watching the protests on universities from coast to coast? Are you watching the riots in the streets of New York? Are you listening to chants such as gas the Jews? And how many college classrooms are asking Muslims to stand in the back of the room to shame them? This happened at Stanford with the Jewish students. Now, thank goodness that professor was suspended. But when's the last time you heard about this happening to Muslims in America? And so Biden's speech about Israel was balanced with a call for aid to Ukraine. And his talk of anti-Semitism was balanced by calling out Islamophobia. This is a president trying to have it both ways. Trying to take every position on the table. With good old Joe, there's something for everybody. Publicly, he tells Israel we have her back. Privately, according to sources in Israel, pressure is being put upon her to limit collateral damage. Something no country can completely control during a war and something the United States has certainly never done, at least not in wars that we've won. We didn't win that war in Afghanistan where our soldiers' hands were tied, but we did win the war in World War II. Too. What if we'd had such restrictions at that time? The Nazis would have taken over the world. And by the way, if we keep down our current path, we are only a stone's throw from Nazis taking over our current world, or at least those with Nazi ideology. What else do you think gas the Jews means? This is Bob Siegel making the obvious obvious.